tell me about your kids. Tell Me About Your Kids is a conversation on connected parenting. Bonnie Harris talks to parents about their problems and struggles. Listen in. These conversations can be your support system in your day-to-day parenting journey. Welcome back to Tell Me About Your Kids. I'm Bonnie Harris. I am your host, and I'm here with Adam Arnone, my sound engineer and editor and wizard, and today co-host, as we're doing another Puzzle Pieces, where Adam and I discuss an important parenting topic. This is either 12 or 13. Something like that. We'll call it 13. We'll figure it out. You know, the sad thing is that there's literally one person who should know more than anybody, and that's me. And that's me. you. And I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because I love them all equally. Ah, I don't want to number them. a good answer, Adam. Yeah. yeah. So I work with a lot of, a lot of parents, um, mostly moms. I do mm-hmm. work with a lot of couples, but I would say the majority are moms. And um, what I hear a lot, and always did when I was teaching classes, we would do the work, they would soak it up, love what they were learning, and then I would always hear, how do I get my husband to understand this? Mm. How do I tell my husband to do this? Which, you know, just doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you're dealing with an issue that is much much bigger than what it appears just on the surface. I mean, you have the way the patriarchy has been for, for so long. Where, as old as the hills, right. Yeah, and, you know, um, mom stayed home and, and right. dads worked and dads were the authority. And I mean, I say that with that voice because it's ridiculous. But, Moms were not yeah. valued. Yeah, they, right. And which is, which is actually very interesting because, you know, my kids have no concept of that. Right. Because I've yes. never gone into a job. Right. I've always been around. And even now, even when I work for myself, I mean, I, I have an office. I go into my office. That's in the last like three years or so. But mm-hmm. I would mostly work from home. Um, but, they, but they know that mom ha- works for a company mm-hmm. and that mom has the health insurance and mm-hmm. mom has a salary job. Like they understand that. And hours she has yes. to work. M- right. Yeah. My wife has always been the the breadwinner in our house like mm-hmm. that's the way it's been so the traditional way that right. families have usually been um has not been that way and right. and my kids have never known anything different right they, and let yeah. me let me also add in here we are also incorporating lesbian couples gay couples and there's usually somebody mm. who takes on the sort of the head of the household or the money, the breadwinner or something like that. But what I hear from parents a lot, moms a lot, is that their husband will, um, and this is, of course, their point of view, right? But their husband might come in and judge them for being too lenient and you're letting our kids get away with all this stuff. But then they'll complain, why doesn't she come to me like she comes to you? Why does right. he say these things to me and he never says those things to you? And so there's that there's that difficult dynamic there right. where you might want to say, well, if you spent more time with your kids, it might not be that way. Or if you were not quite so punitive or autocratic, it might be different. But you can't say that to your 
partner and get away with it, really. It's not okay. It's mm. not okay to, just as it's not okay to tell our kids what to do, which we think we have full and utter permission to do, it's not okay to tell our parenting partners what to do. Mm. And so the question becomes, how do you answer things like that? And I'm wondering if if your wife ever had those little bits of resentments that you got certain nurturing qualities from your kids that she didn't because she was the one who was away a lot. When you have one partner who is sort of set in in a, in one way mm -hmm. and then you have the other partner who is trying to figure it out like you're saying you're they're doing all the work like mm -hmm. we we do see that on the podcast mm -hmm. there's only one there's two parents in the house but there's only one parent who's on the podcast right and, and although on, we do have couples we know we do have couples but the majority has been one parent at yes. a time yes. and so we you know often you're sort of thinking like i wonder what's happening with the other parent right now or what are mm -hmm. they thinking about this mm -hmm. or and some straight up say that i'm not going to go on the podcast right, like you're right. you know i think i think when we talk about that baggage and how being vulnerable is very hard for a lot of men because we are told the we have to be the opposite to get ahead vulnerability means weakness, weakness. totally it means weakness yes. and if you're vulnerable then someone can take advantage of you right. and they can get ahead of you can you. be made a fool of right and, which is which yeah. are all of these things that are so old and backwards and i i, I think personally mm -hmm. um but and i've spent a lot of my years not trying to be vulnerable <laughs> you know mm -hmm. like i i definitely have been you know at fault of you know being a little bit too guarded with that and um not ever wanting to look weak nobody wants to look weak no um, but i think that you know you constantly are talking about the reward and punishment system. And you're talking about how the of course mantras and how your kids are, you know, kids are egocentric. They, you say they want what they want when they want it. We are taught as men to be this certain way. Don't let anybody put you down. Mm -hmm. Don't let anybody see that you're weak. Um, don't, yeah, don't look vulnerable, you know, be in command. You know, you are in charge of your house. I mean, all of these things. Mm -hmm. But then there's your kid who doesn't really care what you say sometimes. Yeah. Um, will talk back to you. Will let you know that you don't have any control over them. I mean, that's a really hard situation to be in. And I feel like the lines sort of get crossed in a lot of Very people's minds. Mushy. Yeah. And that becomes like, well, I have to be the disciplinarian because they can't, they can't think I'm weak. If they think I'm weak... Mm -hmm. The whole ship's I'm gonna going to let him get away with it. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like over, right? right. Um, which is often not the key to success. Um, I I think you have a a whole philosophy that goes against that thing, right. way of thinking. Right. Um, but I, I it's hard to break out. I think of the of that cycle um, for men and right. or and that being. I mean, I, I'm saying men only again because this is my own personal experience. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do yeah. think men are raised differently than women. Oh, absolutely. And we have different values and different expectations. Right. And of ourselves and of others. Right. So it 
those expectations have roots back generations. Mm. And it's really hard to, for instance, get to the point where you realize that vulnerability actually means strength, mm. not weakness. Right. That's a whole mindset shift. Yes. And another thing that I see happening a lot with couples, uh, even, even couples where both of them are working with me, what happens is that one parent has a particular style mm -hmm. and the other parent has a different style. And when you see the opposite parent parenting in a way that you would never do or you don't think is right, then you tend to compensate for that parent and go further along the continuum to be more the opposite. So I don't think I'm making myself clear, but we tend to compensate for each other. The, the parent who is, who tends to be more lenient sees the strictness in the other parent and tends to compensate. So when we're one-on-one -on -one with a child, these two parents might be very similar mm. to each other in their style. Together, when you're witnessing each other, you tend to compensate. And the more authoritarian will be more so, the more uh, lenient um, will be more so. And what we need to do is have respect and consideration for each other so that you can kind of come to the middle. You certainly don't have to parent the same way. And I think that's a really hard thing for parents to understand because it's all about you've got to be a united front and you've got to be on the same page. And as I've said on this podcast before, I don't think you have to be on the same page. You just need to be in the same book. Mm. And that means your values need to come from a, a central source of understanding. You don't have to get at it in the same way. We can't. We're we're all from very different parenting styles in our own families and many times different cultures. Mm. And so to expect the other parent, I find this very often we expect the other parent to be like me. If you are doing it like me, our children will be far better off. But the problem is the other parent says, if we do it like me, our children will be better off. So how do you, how do you work that? I don't know. I, I also think there's a lot of people who just feel like it's chaos and they, they don't even think, well, if you were doing it like me, it'd be okay. It's like, can somebody just get control of what's happening here, <laughs> like that. anybody. <laughs> yes, there's that too. Exactly. I mean, it it takes it takes a lot in the moment to, you know, to. Well, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how other people do it. And I I get what you're saying about the not being on the same page. And you don't have to be on the same page. You just have to be in the same book. Because it's funny. I was going to say. It's really hard to have balance if you're not on the same page. But I I think we're saying the same thing. <laughs> but yes, I was I guess I was using the the page. I was seeing the page yeah, as a book, I as suppose. The book, right. As the book. But right. 
I mean, but even just speaking to that in my own personal experience, we would be doomed if if my wife and I were, didn't have the same goals at right. the end. Right. You know, if right. if one parent wants the kids, like you said, speak when spoken to, when I when I say the word, you, you know, when I snap it. my fingers, you just do it. And then the other parent is like, let's let them make their own decisions. Right. Like, we need to it's find out how never gonna, That's never going to work. Being a parent with someone, to me, it, it, is, it is a whole team experience. Yes. Like, you have to figure out what's going on, especially if you have children who are difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've had my fair share of struggles with my kids. And when my wife and I go into different books <laughs> when that uh, happens, like, uh-huh. we, yeah. can't, we can't communicate properly. Right. And then and then it all goes to hell. Like then then everything is a mess. Um And what happens then? Fight? Yeah, yeah. Well anger. it's like suddenly the kids are mad, we're okay, but then the kid does something, one of us reacts in a way that the other wished that they didn't. Now we've stopped talking to the kid, we're talking to each other. And we're we're now we're arguing. Right. And the kid is still having the problem. Exactly. But then and we you want to make sure of, you're not arguing right. over the kid in front of the kid. But yes, but sometimes it's happened before you can even realize it. Like that's that's what's so tough, I think, when you're not on the same page. Like I said, or in, uh, I will I will use your thing. When you're not in the same book, <laughs> saying, saying on the same page feels easier. No, okay. Um, right. We're not in the same book. It does to me. It just feels like chaos because there there's no real strategy to deal with the madness. That's that's how that's how I felt mm-hmm. in, in my house. And when and and I can very deeply feel that when it's like when it's out of balance when we're not when my wife right. and I are not in the same place. Right. There's tension. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not just easy. Yes. So I want to remind the listening audience that back on January 7th of 2021, I did a community pieces, it was episode 25, with Dar Cohen called When Conflict Between Parents Needs the Big Conversation. Love and that guy. Yeah. He's that, I love that episode. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's about how to initiate that conversation, how to have that conversation when you do fear that you're in a different book, right? when when there is that kind of tension that's kind of ongoing. It's not just a, I had a really horrible week and I'm a lousy parent this week. It's a, it's a much more endemic kind of a problem. You're coming from very different ways of thinking about raising children. And when something happens that day, our tendency is to blow up in the moment. Um, But do listen to that episode, episode 25, January 2021. And um, we go through some of the how-tos of getting that conversation going. Because you know, the thing is, you both have children together, or sometimes you're a step parent, but you both want 
good things for those children. You both want to feel like good parents. Mm. Nobody doesn't. Everybody wants harmony. Everybody wants harmony, right. Because it's so much easier. Harmony is so much easier. Right. I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you ever classify, like, in your mind, (laughs) uh, harmony and integrity parents? Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Absolutely. We've, I don't know if we've ever really talked about that in the podcast. Yeah, we talk about that in sessions that I have. Mm. I don't. Maybe we haven't done it on the podcast. No, yeah. I don't know, because it's always been referred to as harmony and integrity children. Right. But when you have um, a, a parent mix where... And when we talk about harmony and integrity children in a session, very often one of them will say, oh, I was definitely integrity. Or, right. Yeah, I probably was harmony. It even comes out <laughs> in different with different tones. But sure, absolutely. And then sometimes we get into their relationships with their siblings based on all of that and their parents and how right. difficult it was. It's it's important to to realize how much you want the other one to do it your way. Mm-hmm. And it's coming together in the middle. And you can only do that when there's respect in the relationship. Mm. So you can respect the fact that your partner learned what he's doing from his background and has a whole set of baggage of his own. And you have baggage from yours. And you've got to have consideration for those bags, even though one may be bigger than the other. Right. And um, talking about it, working on it is so worth it. So worth it. I enjoy sports. The thing that I love about it is that a team can't be successful if all the members of the team do the same thing. Right. Everybody has to have their, that's why like positions in sports, everybody has their own specialty. But at the end of the day, it, you know, I'm, I'm always, I feel like I bring up basketball a lot in this podcast, but, you know, the way for the ball to go in is, you know, they talk about ball movement and, you know, it's got to, if it touches everybody's hands and then it goes in, you're, you're probably going to have the best shot opportunity mm-hmm. because everyone has been getting to their places and they've been, you know, working together as together one as a team. with the goal to put that ball in the basket. Right. Um, and you know, the opposite, you know, it's on defense too. It's like you're all working together to stop the ball from going in the basket. But everybody does something, you know, they have a specialty. And I think we have to look at that when we're in partnerships. I think that's very true. And think about it. If you and your partner were parenting exactly the same way and responding exactly the same way to your children, what are your children going to do when they're with a teacher? who thinks very differently, or a relative, or a neighbor, or then out in the world, who think very differently. That can be extremely volatile and tension building. Mm. So the beauty of having, well, the beauty of having an extended family, which Mm. is what we're meant to have, is lots of different personalities. Right. The beauty of having two parents which we don't all have the luxury of, Mm. means that children learn to get along with two different factions, two different, they know who to go to when they want 
one thing or another, right? And that's okay. Right. That's okay. As long as the two of you have that kind of understanding with each other and when it blows up to make sure that you talk about it. Yeah. That, that's the number one thing I say whenever a parent friend, you know, Mm -hmm. asks me for advice or, you know, I'm just listening. Uh, Every time I say, you have to be working together with your partner. Yep. If you if you're not, forget it. Like yeah. y- it's never going to be successful. Like you you you're in it together and you have to act like you're in it together and if you are coming at it, you know, you know, together for the same goals, like you said, then it's so much easier to focus on the children. It absolutely is. And it's just such a mindset shift when you when you realize that it's it doesn't have to be the same because that's an impossible task and you're just you're just working at it together and you're both doing the best you can and don't, don't make it hard for yourself if like, it's if it's yeah, terrible then yeah. then you're going to get a divorce because <laughs> right, you know right. that's a terrible too i mean that's a horrible situation for so many yeah. parents who can't Make it on their own. Well, that I mean, that's how a lot of people learn they can't be together. Right. right. It's hard enough to keep your identity as as a as a person who exists in the world, not just a parent. And very important. Very important. And so, to keep your identity as yourself, but also to keep your identity as a partnership, it's hard. It is hard. It's very. I feel like I say that. Every single podcast. One of, yeah. <laughs> like, it's hard. It's hard. It is hard. It is, There's no way around it. Right, right. No, I know. Um, yeah, that's that's why I, one of the main reasons why I suggest that um, moms especially do this, don't refer to themselves as mom or mommy to their children, but be I. I right. want this. I don't want this. Not mommy is telling you. And we do that so automatically. And I think that negates a lot of our identity. But I think you're absolutely right. We need to have that identity. And um, we're not exactly answering a lot of questions here, but we're bringing up a topic that is a very big topic. And I think that the answer is to take the risk, go through the discomfort, kind of pull yourself up by the bootstraps and decide to have that conversation. And it's hard to do because you're, you, you've got all sorts of expectations about how the other one is going to react to you. And we have so many fears that keep us from communicating. Mm. And I think to begin with, all you have to do is empathize. You know, if you have a partner who's saying, you know, how come she doesn't talk to me like that? She always wants you. I think the best thing to start with is empathy, which is I can understand that that's got to hurt. You really wish she would, even though you've got a whole litany going on in your head of exactly right. why she doesn't. But right. that's where you've got to start. I think a lot of, um, I think a lot of relationships too don't bring up certain things because they don't want it. They are worried what the answer is going to be. Exactly. And it's like, let's just, 
let's, let's just keep this sweep yeah it under let's, the carpet let's not let's hear it out on. loud yeah right because then you know when when your partner disappoints you then you feel like a failure because you think well i picked the wrong person mm-hmm. um yeah and Nobody wants to feel like a failure twice. If you feel like a failure while you're parenting and you feel like a failure as a spouse oh, right. and as a as a partner and as a, a person picker. <laughs> <laughs> person picker. <laughs> I feel like um that's a lot. That's yeah. that's a lot all all in the moment. But yeah. it's it is really challenging. It's challenging to break the mindset of someone who has been stuck in this one way of thinking yeah. for so long. And, and that's was what this brought up in a family yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, all of that. I mean, because you're you're not just asking them, you're not just asking your partner to rethink how they parent. You're asking them to rethink who they are. Oh yes. That's and right. That is giant. And sometimes it's so mm-hmm. big. Or at least it feels like that. Yes. Certainly. But but keeping it to you know, here, all right, let's just keep it limited to even just this having this hard conversation, like like right. Adar talks about over this one specific one thing. Inc- let's start incident here. that happened. Yeah, right. let's let's start here. Let's figure out how right. we can be on the same page. Let's figure out same book. <laughs> oh my right. god! Yeah. So let's figure out how we can be in the same book. Um, let's figure out how we can have the best outcome together. And so at the end of the day, we can look at each other and be like. We did the best we could. Right. You know, we right. we both gave 50%. Right. We, we, we did right. our best. Right. And even if that 50% is just being quiet. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> because there are certain Absolutely. things that are triggers for certain people and knowing when to sit something out. Absolutely. Is also and we talk huge. about that in yep. the podcast with Adar as well. Yeah, exactly. But I think I want to just end this by saying any of you out there who are resonating with this, how do I get my partner thinking the way I do, just know that this is so common. Don't be tempted to stand back and stay back because you think you're the only one and there's something wrong with you. Or there's something drastically wrong with your partner, and if you bring it up, you're never going to be able to stay together. Just know that this is common stuff. Everybody goes through it. Everybody. Yes, in some way. Yeah. Everybody goes through it. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I enjoyed talking to you today. I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, Please, please, please do us a favor and subscribe. Tell a friend to subscribe. Tell 20 friends to subscribe. I'm just mm-hmm. going to keep upping the number. Mm-hmm. Tell 100 people. <laughs> um, if you would also like to be on the podcast, please reach out. All the information is in the show notes of how you can reach out to Bonnie. Um, and please leave a review if you find something helpful um, and give us a, a high star rating because that stuff really matters, whether we wanted to or not. <laughs> that stuff is important. So thank you very much. Thanks for listening. I'm Bonnie Harris. If you're curious to learn more or would like to talk to me personally, check out my website, bonnieharris.com, where you can also find my books, When Your Kids Push Your Buttons and Confident Parents' Remarkable Kids. There are also links in the liner notes. And please subscribe to Tell Me About Your Kids on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell Me About Your Kids is produced and scored by Echo Finch.